Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. You are listening to the Qalam podcast Hurdle series, a study of Imam Ghazali's Minhajul Abidin by Sheikh Mikail Ahmed Smith. Jazakallah khair for your continued support, and we pray that this is beneficial. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Wa salatu wa salam ala Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Mawlana Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam. Allahumma inna nas'aluka hubbak wa hubba man yuhibbuk wa hubba amalin yuqarribuna ila hubbik ya arhamar rahimin. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for his love. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the love of those actions that will gain his love. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for the love of the people that he loves. And similarly, we ask Allah to allow us to love the people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves. Uh, we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to send blessings on our Habib Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, our teacher, our, our prophet who has given us this beautiful deen by which we live and by which we return home back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, and may Allah bless the graves of our, our scholars that came before us. Uh, because these scholars have left us with these, these works of literature that literally lighten the pathway for us. They, they show us how to get back home. Um, and one of those scholars who we've been studying is Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala. Um, he's written this amazing book, Minhajul Abidin. And in this book, he is basically saying that the believer is on this pathway home back to Allah. Me and you, we're trying to get home. But the pathway that we're on to get home is the pathway of ibadah, of worship. And he says, you got to stay on this path. You got to stay on the path. But the issue is that there are things that come up on the pathway that will stop you, slow you down, get in the way, or prevent you from moving forward. And if you're cognizant, if you're aware of what's coming, you're ready, you peep game, you know what's ahead. So you're ready to prepare for that. You're ready to take it on. And, and this class is we're studying those things that come in the way. The very first thing that a person needs is knowledge. Knowledge wakes you up. It makes you want to start the journey when you realize what life is about. I'm not going to be here forever. I'm leaving. Where am I going? Let me get ready. Then he says, after knowledge, you'll realize that you want to move forward, but your sins are holding you back. Your disobedience to Allah is not, it's not allowing you because there's a, there's a darkness that comes with sins and it's holding you back. So he says, now you have to do Tawbah. That was the second hurdle. You got to do Tawbah. You have to repent to Allah and, and overcome those sins. And then he said, we come to this next hurdle. And it was the hurdle we spoke about last week. It was a heavy one last week. It was the hurdle of the dunya, this world. The, the desire for more and more and more and more. And as we keep trying to keep up with the Joneses, as we said, we don't have time to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't have time to do more ibadah because I'm trying to get more and more and more. And so last week we spoke about the hurdle of the dunya. And now we come to a heavy one. I mean, they're all heavy, low key. But this one is a tough one. And he says, the second impediment of this fourth hurdle is al-khalq, is other people. Is other people. Other people. What, is, what does this mean? He says that, ثُمَّ عَلَيْكَ وَفَقَقَ اللَّهِ وَإِيَّانَ لِطَاعَتِهِ بِالتَّفَرُّدْ عَنِ الْخَلْقِ وَذَلِكَ لِأَمَرَيْنِ He says, ثُمَّ, the next thing you have to do. You're hyped. You, 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 you got ready. You got rid of the dunya. You cleared out your storage last week. All those storage units is cleared out. You're getting rid of the dunya. You're like, I'm ready to go forward. Now the next thing comes. He says, the next thing you're going to have to do is, I'm going to just drop it the way he says it. Tafarrud anil khalq. He says, you have to isolate yourself from people. You have to choose solitude from other people. You have to choose solitude from other people. You know why this is a hard one? You know, our deen stresses the importance of community. Our Prophet ﷺ, he was somebody that if anyone needed him, he was there. He was there for anyone that needed him. And here we read that Imam Ghazali is telling us 
that you have to isolate, you have to, you know, choose solitude from the people. Now, you know, I'm an introvert, so I read this, I was like, yes. <laughs> Chilling at home, don't got to see no one. Thank you, Imam Ghazali. I love it. Don't got to go out, I'm loving it. But I wanted to know why. Why is he saying this? Why would he t teach us that we need to isolate from people? Our dean doesn't teach isolation. Our dean teaches us to be with people. It teaches us to, to be with the believers. Hold your thoughts. Let's listen to what he has to say. He said there's two reasons why you need to choose isolation. You need to separate yourself from people. He says that number one reason, People are going to keep you busy from the worship of God. You're on this pathway. You want to do ibadah. You got rid of your dunya. Now the next thing that's going to hold you back, the next thing that's going to hold you back is, is other people. And he says, he says, He goes, people are going to keep you too busy to do worship. Allah bless you. Keeping me busy from worship, bro. What you doing? Matcha. Allahu Akbar. Jazakallah khair. Falkhalq. He says, people are going to keep you too busy to worship God. And then he goes, No, no, no. Rather than that, they're not going to keep you too busy. They're going to actually get in the way and stop you. Get in the way. No, no. What are you doing? Why are you going to halakha for? It's Wednesday night. You got work tomorrow. You got this. The show is on. This is on. This is that. Then he goes, Worse than that is they might even lead you to evil. He says, uh, There's a scholar. We know we say these names of scholars and they just run past our mind. Actually, we hear them and we're kind of like, all right, get to what he said. This scholar, his name, I'm going to digress for a second. This scholar, his name is Hatim Al-Asam. Asam means the deaf one. But he wasn't deaf. I was reading in Tabaqatil Awliya that one day a, a sister came to ask him a question. An older sister came to ask him a question. And she was a little distant from him. She sat down and miskina, man, when she sat down, she passed gas accidentally. And you know, she just like, like you just, she felt this small. And the moment that happens, he leans in and he goes, ma'am, sister, auntie, you're going to have to speak up. I'm hard of hearing. This man preserved, he, he fiend, he fiend his own deficiency to save the honor of another believer. He fiend his own deficiency to lift the honor of a person. And here we are calling people out. Quite the contrary. So Hatim al-Assam, I just wanted us to know who the likes of such a man is. He says, uh, he says, Talabtu min khamsa asha. I sought five things from people and they never gave me any one of them. I, I was looking for five things from people and they never gave me one of them. He said that the first thing I said, I sought for people to join me in ibadah and worshiping God, but they didn't want to do it. Let me pause. When I converted, the first thing I did is I ran to the people around me. These were the same people that were on the block with me. The same people were doing all types of evil with me. And I said to them, yo, your life is deep. There's a deeper reason we're here. And I said, let's make this journey together. Like, let's, let's move. Let's get up. Let's, let's, let's move forward. And what does he say? They, they were like, nah, I'm good. Go ahead. Go ahead. And then he says, فَقُلْتُ عَلَيْهِمَا Okay, okay, you don't want to come with me? Why don't you help me? And he said, people didn't want to help me. And then he said, I said to people, be happy with me then. I'm on this journey for ibadah. Will you be happy for me? But people didn't do that for me either. And then I said to them, well, if that's the case, فَلَا تَمْنَعُونِي تَمْنَعُونِي Don't stop me from what I'm doing. Let me worship Allah. 
Let me, let me pray more. Let me do more ibadah. Let me do more dhikr. And he said they didn't do that. And then he said, last but not least, I asked them, if you don't want to do it with me, you don't want to help me, you don't want to be proud of me, you don't want you, you, you to you, you stop me, he says, at least don't call me to evil. And he said the people wouldn't stop doing that either. I, I want us to understand, much of what we do evil in life is, a, is because of a person that was in our proximity, y'all. And I can only speak from experience that if it wasn't for the grace of God that pulled me out of certain circles, I might be listening to this lecture from somewhere else. Do you feel what I'm trying to say? Imam Ghazali is teaching us something critical. That in your heart right now, there's going to be a desire to do more for God. A desire to pray more, read more, learn more, become more righteous outwardly and inwardly. And if I said to you right now, are y'all ready to make this journey? Are you ready to become a better Muslim, to live for the sake of God? All of you would be like, yes. But then in the back of your head, there's a person or a group of people that are holding you back. You think of them. Yeah, but what about such and such? And so put it like this. You can't free yourself for worship until you free yourself from concern for what other people think. You can't free yourself for worship. You cannot free yourself to worship until you get over this big hurdle. And I, I, I understand what it's like, y'all. All of us are so concerned about what this person thinks, what that person thinks. And he says, if you are that person, this is your next hurdle. You have to learn how to not care what people think. And it's not easy. I told y'all, man, I converted. They're like, go see Mike, yo, he's tripping. He's walking around in dresses now. He's walking around in a dress, go see him. Nah, you must be kidding me. No, Phil. But there's a point where I realize something. Why do I care so much about people I don't even know? How are people that I don't even know going to impact the choices that I make in life that I truly believe in? Imam Ghazali is dropping haq on us right now. What he's teaching us is that you want to change, you want to move forward. But the primary thing stopping you is other people. And so what does he say now? Let's go forward. He says, He says, Oh, my brother and sister in deen, He said that the Prophet he taught us about a time of seclusion. A time of seclusion. What does it mean, a time of seclusion? So I want you to look at it from three perspectives. Number one perspective is that the times get so rough that you got to learn to be on your own. Just you and yours. Just to yourself. Number one. Number two is it has nothing to do with the time. The times are great. But the person next to me is like kryptonite for me. Horrible person for me. And number three, this is where it gets really deep. The person is great, but when I'm with them, it brings out a part of me that's not good. So for these three reasons, he's telling us something. He's telling us, I need you to understand. And when I was reading this, uh, let, me, let me get to it. He says, the Prophet wasallam has described for us a time in which it will be mandatory for you to back off from people. And the hadith of the Rasul wasallam, listen, Abdullah bin Amr bin As, he says, He's like, one day we were all sitting around the Prophet And the Prophet began to describe fitnas and tribulations that would come. And the Prophet he said, When you see people can't keep their trust no more, 
They give you their word, they break it like this. And you can't depend on the people when they say they'll do something. And the Prophet said, and the people become like this. And the Prophet took his fingers and he put them together. And what the scholars say is, he put all his fingers together. And you know what this means, y'all? Everybody's in everybody else's business. Everybody's in everybody else's DMs. Everybody's in everybody else's comments. Our hearts are connected to everyone else. And so when you want to do righteousness, when you want to become better, it's not just your own hurdle. It's 15, 20, 30 other people that are inside of your heart that are stopping you from doing what you want to do for the sake of God. So he says when people are like this, and, and listen, this is crazy. In the Arabic language, when you put your fingers together, it's called khilal. Khilal in Arabic. When you do khilal, it's like you put your fingers in between. And the same word, the Prophet ﷺ, he said, The Prophet ﷺ said, you will be on the ridge of the person who you who let you let in your heart. How about that? The person who you let in your heart. See, we use the word friend. It's not about friend. It's about who, who influences you, whose vision of you impacts the decisions you make about yourself. Rasul said, you will be on the religion of your Khalil. Who's your Khalil? The one who's in your heart. The Prophet said, be careful who you khalil with. Who you khalil with. So the Prophet wasallam, what did he say? He said, a time will come and you see these signs. Qultu wama nasna'u Ya Rasulullah, what should we do when the situation is like that? Everybody's all connected. Everyone. Qala ilzam baytak. He said, just stay at home, yo. Control your tongue. Hold on to what you know and leave stuff you don't know about. And take care of those closest to you. If you do that, you'll be okay. Umar radiallahu ta'ala an. He used to say, To be in solitude by yourself, there's a, a serenity, a protection from an evil companion. وَلَقَدَ وَجَدْتُ عَنْ سُفْيَانْ بِنْ أُوْيَيْنَا أَنَّهُ قَالَ Sufyan bin Uyayna, he's one great scholar, he's amazing. Right? He says to another scholar, can you give me some advice? He said, قَلِّلْ مِنْ مَعْرِفَةِ النَّاسِ Stop trying to get to know everybody. Hold on, we got to pause here. Because some of y'all, I'm extrovert, Shake. That ain't me. I'm going to go straight to this part here. Imam Ghazali, you know what he says? He says, you may ask a question. You may ask a question. Wait, hold up. I thought visiting brothers and sisters in the sake of Allah, visiting believers, being with them, I thought this was a good thing in the deen. That's what everyone here is thinking. He's like, what is he saying? Be away from people. I thought the deen was about be with good believers. Listen to what he says. He says, He says, know that visiting your brothers for the sake of God. See, here's the deal. I had to realize that it's not about seclusion from everyone. Because if we're on a path together, we're on this journey to God. If we're all going in the same direction, you're riding shotgun. I love you. You're going in the same direction as me. But the problem is people on that path that don't want you on the path. The problem is people on the path that want you to be coming to them, not to God. That's what he's talking about. He's trying to tell us right now. He's like, I'm telling you, one of the most essential, the jawahir of ibadah to Allah, one of the, the crown jewels of worshiping God is to spend time with good brothers and sisters. Imam Shafi said something once. Imam Shafi said, Lola suhbatul akhyar wa manajatu haqta ala bil ashar ma ahbabtu al-baqa fi dar. 
These are his words, not mine. He says, if it wasn't for the fact of chilling with good people and talking to God in the middle of the night, I don't want to live no more. So what I'm trying to tell you is that when he says seclusion, he's talking about seclusion from anyone that's not helping you on the journey. Anyone that's not assisting you towards God, he's saying you need to minimize time with that. And when he talk, when it comes to believer, he says, وَفِيهِ زُلْفَةُ الْكَرِيمَ إِلَى اللَّهِ He says, believers, they're going to bring you close to God. He says, and there are so many other benefits by sitting with believers. And it fixes your heart. Imam Ahmed Zarruq, he says, um, one of the things that will heal your heart, one of the things, listen closely, one of the things that will heal your heart, he says, istinshaq he says, one of the things that will heal your, heal your heart is to breathe the same air as righteous people. Just to be around these people, just to be around these awliya of Allah, just to be around good people. So when Imam Ghazali is telling us to, to seclude, you have to understand that he's telling you us to anyone not helping you on that pathway. Stay far away from that person or minimize time. Now, I know what you're thinking already. you like, what you talking about? I got to see Mark in the meeting tomorrow. <laughs> Mark is a horrible influence on me. Right? If there's a Marcus in here, I'm sorry. Okay. You're like, what, what you mean? I got to be with that person. Imam Ghazali, he says something deep here. He goes, wait, hold on. I got to explain something to you. He goes... You can be in a vast group of people and absent yourself from that gathering. Or you could be not there and put yourself there. This from the hadith of Rasul Sallallahu this is, this is insane, crazy hadith. The Prophet Sallallahu he said, sometimes a person is in a gathering but doesn't wish to be there. Doesn't wish to be here. The angels will write this person as not in that gathering. And sometimes a person isn't in the gathering. You was trying to get to Halakha. Couldn't get there. Couldn't get there. But your heart desires it so much that Allah writes you as being there. What I had to realize, you know, I, I asked my wife, you know, because she's my wardrobe manager, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I was like, yo, I'm about to rock this joint. And she's like, rock it, rock it. I was like, but it looks a little, you know. And I was like, you know what? I'm talking about don't care about the people. I'm rocking this. I'm ro so many decisions we make are predicated on people watching us. And I need you to be 100 with yourself right now. There's times when prayer time comes in. It's time to do thicker. It's time to do this. It's time to do that. And the only thing holding you back is for some reason you care so much about what people think about you. And as the Internet, we become more socially intermingled. We care more and more about nameless faces and faceless names. Why do you care so much about that troll? Why do you care so much about people so far away from you. If you don't realize how detrimental this is, I remind you of someone. Someone close to our Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. His name was Abu Talib, y'all. Abu Talib knew the haq, like us. He knew the Prophet was true, like us. But it was time to make a change. What held him back? He couldn't get over this hurdle we're studying right now. He couldn't get over this hurdle. And anyone that doesn't want you to become a better believer, you're better without them. I'm going to say it again. Anyone that doesn't want you to become a better believer, you're better without them. Because people that truly love you will want to see you raise. They'll want to see you come become better. They'll want to lift you up. I, you know, I hate to reveal so much about myself, but when I converted, I was surrounded by, 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 by horrible people, by standards of society.
But those horrible people, when they saw me convert, they said, we're happy for you, man. Keep going. Don't come around here anymore. Because they wished good for me. They wanted me to become better. So Imam Ghazali, he says, I'm going to tell you that it's okay to be with believers. In fact, you want to be with believers. You want to surround yourself with believers because a true believer is on that pathway with you. Is, uh, and so because they're on the pathway with you, they don't become the objective of the journey, nor do they, do they become a distraction or a hindrance on the journey. I'm always chilling with these heads after Fajr. Why? Because they keep me on the journey. That's not Uzla. I can't have seclusion from them. I got to be with them. We got to have this gathering. You can't be like, oh, I heard the gallery. Imam Ghazali said seclusion, no more Wednesday night. That's it. I don't need people. No. You don't need people who pull you away from God, who pull you away from the Rasul You need people that, are, that love you for the sake of Allah. And that's what he's teaching us here. But he says there's two conditions, y'all. He goes, there's two conditions when it comes to visiting a believer and spending time with other believers. Number one, you know, I'm going to give a practical example. And I'm only saying it not to blow no one's head up because you still whack. All right. But I met somebody today and he says, he says to me, how's your heart doing? Not how's my money, not how's Bitcoin, not how any of my dunya. He hugged me and he said to me, how's your heart doing? The Sahaba used to meet each other and they would say, how's your faith doing, yo? You good? We ask about health. How's your health? The Sahaba, they would be like, how's your iman? Because the Quran says on that day, every, every friendship will be enemies of one another, except the ones who only loved each other for the sake of Allah. will be friends. They will be best friends. So the objective here and the objective tonight is for you to question and ask yourself, who are the people that are becoming between me and my change, me and my best self? I need you to think about them right now. Right now, you want to become better. You want to do whatever. You want to wear hijab all the time. You want to rock your thobe to the mall. I don't know. <laughs> you want to become better. Right now, I want you to identify who are the people or the person that's stopping you from that change. Think about the person. This is an exercise for your heart. Now you got that person. I got mine. I got mine. Now you know what you do next? Realize that that person is not more important than you to, than Allah. That person will come and go. You remember in high school? Some of you in high school, but... <laughs> You remember in high school how important people seemed to be? Now they're gone, you don't even know. I don't know, I don't remember that dude. But how much did they influence my life at the moment? But they're nothing, gone, a long gone memory. Highlight those people in your life who are becoming the cause for you not to change. Because not only are they stopping you, here's the real deal. A lot of us brothers in this room, not only are they stopping us, they're actually the ones negatively influencing us. Forget becoming better. They're the one passing me something. They're the one pushing me towards evil. So what does he say? Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, he says you need good people. You need to be around good people. But you need seclusion. You need to distance yourself. And the hadith that the Prophet ﷺ said was when there's a time and everybody's like this, the Prophet said, ilzam baytak. Now let's go deep here based on our times that we live in. The Prophet ﷺ, he said, stay at home. The crazy part for me and you is that our connections follow us even in the bathroom. We are so connected to people. We're always there. It's not even at home anymore. It's every moment of our life we're checking what people think about us. How often do you check what God thinks of you? Every second you're wondering who liked the post. Every time you're wondering how many people care for me, appreciate me. Check that. You got to watch that because that's what's stopping us. So what does he say? 
Imam Ghazali says, the first condition though, you want to chill with friends, you want to be around good people. He says the first condition is, Don't do it too much though. Don't do it too much. Abu Huraira used to say, Zur Visit seldom so you love more. Meaning, those friends are to help you on the journey. They're not the objective. They're not the objective. My objective isn't to kick it with friends all the time. Those friends are to help me on the journey. Okay, we meet at the masjid, we meet at the halakha, we meet at the Quran circle, we meet at the lecture, we meet at... Cool, so, so be it. But it shouldn't become the point where the, the means becomes the goal. So what does he say next? Number two. We're going to take it to the next level, okay? Should we? All right, Bismillah. So there's two scholars that meet each other. Fudayl wa Sufyan. They meet each other. And these are like, I mean, the scholars of the time meeting each other. They sit with each other and they talk and they talk and they talk. And he says, uh, They were talking and talking, and their words were so influential that they were, they were touching each other with what they were saying. Just, just hitting each other. So at the end of the conversation, Sufyan, he says to uh, Fudayl, Ya Aba Ali, that was his nickname. He goes, you know what I think? I think this was the most hopeful gathering I've ever sat in. And then Fudel, he looks at Sufyan and he says, as for me, I don't have a gathering I think is more fearful for me. And, and, and Sufyan goes, wait, why would you say that? We just talked to each other about Allah. We just talked to each other about the Rasul, about Akhirah. He says, tell me the truth. How many times when you spoke were you just trying to impress me? How many times were you just... See, this is the point. We are companions on this road so long as we don't become the objective of the road. Like the point of me up here is we all on this gallon. I'm like, yo, let's go, y'all. We're going towards a direction. We never become the direction. And that's the problem with the people we have in our lives sometimes. The people that we have in our lives and we will be tested. We will be tested. I'm primarily talking about those far corners of the internet that we care so much about, but let's bring it closer to home. Sa'ad bin Abi Waqas, he becomes Muslim. He's 17, 18. He knows it's the right way. Family doesn't like it. His mom, what does she say? She says, son, I'm not okay with this. She says, son, I'm going to fast and not eat a, a, any food until you give up this religion. Man, he's put in a, a tight situation because my love for people and my mother, but my love for Allah, what do I do? It's hard on him. She says, one day passes, two day passes. People come up to him. Ya qatil ummak, ya qatil ummak. Ya qatil ummihi, ya qatil ummihi. Oh, the killer of his mother, oh, killer of his mother. The influence of people watching is coming hard now. I'm telling you, I want to I back up. I'm going to finish this story, I promise you. But I want you to know something. I'm like y'all. I, I care a lot about what people think, yo. But you know who else cared a lot about what people thought? The Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. When he walked up to Waraqa bin Nawfal, and he didn't know what was about to happen with his life. He walked up to Waraqa. Waraqa knows, the few, knows what's about to go down. He says to him, man, I wish I was young so that I could support you when they kick you out of the city. The prophet stopped him. He said, hold up. They're going to kick me out? They, everybody loves me. Can you imagine this man leaving Ta'if? Please, I know we don't like to be cursed at. I know we don't like to be looked at. But your prophet, there were stones thrown at him. 
But he, he wasn't a, a, a brick wall that just was, 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 was able to take it. It hurt. He was leaving thought and words weren't being thrown. Rocks were being thrown. How did he overcome? How did he do that? There was a moment where it's like, I don't care what people think. I have to do what God wants from me. And now look how many people love him. Now look how many people love him. A hundred stones, 200 stones, they hurt. 200 million named Muhammad. What I'm trying to highlight is how did he, there was a, the difficulty of dealing with people not liking him. So uh, uh, let's go back to that companion. His mother says, I'm not going to eat. I'm not going to eat. He says, Mom, I love you. But if you had 100 lives, and I had to watch each one leave one by one, it would tear me to pieces, but I can't leave this way of life. That's his mom. We can't do it for some dude we met last week. Yeah, facts. We can't give it up for some person in our class. We can't give it up for an employer. He had to do that for his mother. So what does he say? He says uh, that, yeah, we were sitting together conversing and we were talking about the akhirah, but low key, we were actually just showing off for one another. And so now this friendship has actually become something detrimental to my progress. So he says, when you chill with your brothers for the sake of God and your sisters for the sake of God, you got to control yourself. You have to stay within the bounds of Sharia still. He says you have to be careful, be considerate and cautious. And he says if you're chilling with good believers and you're careful and you keep Allah as the goal, and I want to make this practical. You say our friendship is for the sake of God, right? But we're chilling together and I start backbiting and you don't say anything. Hold up. Why didn't you say anything? Think about deeply. Why didn't you say something? For in that moment, the friendship and your, your uh, appraisal of my care for you is overcoming the importance of God in this moment. But I thought we were supposed to be on each other for the sake of God. This is, this is the point. Our friendship needs to be God-centric. And if someone doesn't want a God-centric relationship with you, guess what? Guess what, y'all? Can I give you an example of, of a situation where the person did not want to have a God-centric relationship? The son of Noah. The son of Noah, the flood was coming. And Noah said, yes, oh, oh my son, come with me. He said, no, nah, dad, I'm good. I'm going to go on a mountain up high. I'm good. The flood came. The story in the Quran is powerful. It took him away. Noah was tore up. See, this is what I'm trying to tell you. He was tore up. He said, Ya Allah, you said you would protect my family. And I just watched my son get wiped away. Allah responded to the Quran. Allah says he ain't your son. Your son are the ones that are bonded. Your brothers and sisters, I gave up people for y'all. You don't get what I'm saying. Kyrie, you get what I'm saying? I left people back, y'all. Some of y'all left people back when you started rocking hijab or you started praying or growing your beard or rocking a thobe or whatever. You left people behind. And some of them we still call and message and like, y'all gonna come? They're like, yeah, I'll be seeing your videos one day. <laughs> one day. Some of it's our family members, our own fathers we're talking to. Hey, dad. I know you believe in God. <laughs> yeah, okay, son, whatever. <laughs> Some of us had to leave people behind. 
Maybe you do too. Maybe you do too. So that you go forward and you become your best self. Your best spiritual self. The one that you will be proud of on the day of judgment. The one that when you die and we read your eulogy, you'll be like, yeah, that's me. That's who I am. So what does he say? It's beautiful. Noah is told, innahu laysa min ahlik. That's not your family. Now, I'm not, I want us to be in, this has to be understood in the right way. We have people that we have a right to, we have to take care of, we have to look after. And the Quran teaches us always fulfill your rights to those people. But the Quran also says, The Quran says, yeah, treat them good, visit them, take care of them. I'll be sending mad cards to people in the holidays. Uncle Joe. But when they tell me to commit shirk, when they pull me away from the deen, there's a distance at that point. Thank you, but no thank you. Because the primary relationship is the relationship with God. And the only reason I'm being good to you is because God told me to be good to you. That's the key. The only reason, if, see, one time, Hassan and Hussein, they were very sharp young, young boys. So one time, Hassan and Hussein, they asked their father, Ali radiallahu an, they said, yeah, oh, oh dad, Allah says in the Quran, they said, do you love us? He said, yeah, I love you. He said, do you love our mom? He said, of course I love your mom. He says, how do you love us and love God when Allah says in the Quran, no one has two hearts. So Ali radiallahu an, he was, appreciated the brilliance of his young sons as they grow and they're learning more. But he has to set it straight. He says, I only love y'all because God told me to love you. It's my love of Allah that's motivating the goodness within me. Yo, you got to sit front self every day, yo. It's my man right here. For real. MashaAllah. No, this is, this, is, this, is, this is beautiful. What we're learning here is that we have to surround ourselves. So let's recap. Imam Ghazali, rahimullah ta'ala, he said that there's two reasons. I'm going to go through the reasons now. Because I needed us to understand that Imam Ghazali isn't telling you to forsake humanity. Imam Ghazali is telling you to put, pull out of your heart a care for anyone that doesn't care enough for your spiritual progress. That's what you have to remove from your heart. And I needed you to understand that major, uh, Allah in the Quran has given us so many examples of people who were this close to the pathway, but there was one thing that stopped them. Other people. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. So what does Imam, what does Imam Ali say? He says the first reason, now we can listen to him with an open heart. He says, the first thing you have to do is you need to spend time by yourself. Get offline. Get offline. Spend time by yourself. Know yourself. Why? Because number one, people will get, keep you too busy to do worship. And not only that, they'll stop you from worship. They'll stop you from worship. Then Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, he gives multiple examples. And uh, he says, uh, listen to these examples. Qala fudail. We're living in a time right now. You must protect. Listen to the words. They're timeless. We're living at a time now that you must protect your tongue and akfi mechanic. Hide your status. Don't seek status. Hide your status. Work on yourself. Take the good stuff within you and work on that and protect yourself from other things. He says, another scholar, he used to say, I never heard a wise man ever speak except that they said at the end of their speech, In ahbabta Allah tu'raf. If you love, in ahbabta, if you love to be unknown, then you are beloved to God. So hold up, yo, this is crazy. So Imam Ghazali talks about something, y'all. Imam Ghazali talks about this love of fame, love of notoriety, love to be known. And the one who seeks to be known, seeks fame, seeks something, Imam Ghazali says this is the poorest person. It's a very sad state. Because in reality, they desire to be in the hearts of everybody. And here's the problem. Here's the problem. Remember I talked about you and your friend, and they backbite and you don't say anything? 
Here's the deal. When the person is more important than the relationship, you sacrifice the less important one. And so what we're learning in these narrations is if you love to be known, you'll sacrifice whatever it is to be known. If you love likes and, and, and people to love you, you sacrifice the dean. You won't speak the truth because the truth will make you unliked. That's what he's teaching here. Well, Akbar, he says there are so many, so many narrations where the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, It doesn't hurt you to be unknown. It doesn't hurt you to be unknown. Number two reason. The second reason why that you have to seclude yourself from people from time to time. Separate from people. Whatever ibadah you do do, you do perform, they'll mess that up for you. Why? He says, because you will begin to do actions because they see it. And Mu'az bin Jabal once said, Yahya bin Mu'ad once said, people seeing you is the doorstep to hypocrisy. So you have to watch your heart. So then he moves on. He goes, now, there are two types of people. He goes a little deep here. I'm just going to explain this one part here. Imam Ghazali goes, look, um, when it comes to being to yourself, and I think everyone in this room needs to understand this, he goes, if you have benefit to bring to people, you have to be with the people. They have a haq from you. They have a right from you. As you learn more, as you learn more of your deen, as you learn more of the Prophet Sallallahu teachings, there are people all around who can benefit from that. And I know how we look at ourselves, that I'm holding on by a thread. But you don't understand, you have so much to offer other people who are just beginning this journey. And so Imam Ghazali says, there are two types of people. There's a person who has what they need and nothing much to offer. This person can go off the grid, as we call it. Do what you want. Do your own thing. But he goes, the other person, رَجُلٌ يَكُونُ قُدُوَةً فِي الْعِلْمِ A person that has knowledge that they can teach. بِحَيْثُ يَحْتَاجِ النَّاسِ إِلَيْهِ Such that other people can benefit from you. لِبَيَانِ حَقْتِ You can explain the truth to them. أَوْ دَعْوَةٍ إِلَىٰ خَيْرِ You can call people to goodness. فَلَا يَسْعُ هَذَا الرَّجُلِ اِعْتِزَالِ You can't go off the grid. We need you. We need good people. We need you around to benefit people. And then he goes on to explain a few more aspects of that. He goes, however, if you choose to be amongst the people, know this. You're going to need a lot of patience. You're going to have to be forbearant. And you're going to have to constantly seek the help of Allah. If you're going to be in the mix, if you're going to be in the mix, you need patience, forbearance, and you need to constantly seek the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And number two, what you'll need? أَن fi anhum. He says, you'll have to be with the people in physical form, but absent from the people inside. They talk to you, talk to them. And this is what I'm saying when we go to work and we're surrounded by people that are not going to be advantageous or good for us on this journey. He's giving the advice right now. He says, when they talk to you, talk to them. When they visit you, honor them. But if they're quiet and not talking to you, or if they turn away, do your own thing. Hold on, no, 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 let me go back at that. He goes, be such that when the people need you, you're there. But when people don't need you, you're not chasing after people. You're not chasing after people. I used to see our teachers like this. Whenever somebody was asking, they were always present, present. The moment there was nobody around asking, they're benefiting themselves, dhikr, reading, Quran, something. Not chasing after people for attention. He goes, in sakatu anhu, if they don't talk to you, or a'rad anhu, turn away from you. Istagna dhalika minhu. You're like, all right, good, I get to chill. When kanu fi haqqin wa khair sa'adahum. When people are doing good, you help them. Wasaru ila lagwa. When they start to go into vainless talk and evil, you distance yourself. Now I'm good, let me get some space. Bal radda alayhim hajrahum. وَرَجَاءَ قُبُولَهُمْ ثُمَّ يَقُومُ بِجَمِيعِ حُقُوقِهِمْ 
And he says, take care of all their rights, visit them, take care of them, be with them. And I'm going to leave you with these words that he ends us with. He says, Ya Bunaya, O son, Ishfi Ahli Zamanik. He goes, Listen, you have to live in this time, but don't follow the people of this time. No, hold up. What are we doing here? We're talking about the Prophet's way. We're talking about the Sahaba's way. We're talking about all the Anbiya, what they, how they lived. He said, live in this time, but don't follow this time. We're here, we're present. But the ones that we're walking with on this journey that set a path before us are from another time. I'm with the people, but I'm not with the people. It's so hard, but we have to follow those who have gone ahead before us. Imam Ghazali, rahimahullah ta'ala, in this section, he goes, uh, if you spend your time in the masjid in good places, I under this seclusion. He says, rather, you have secluded yourself in a good way. You've put yourself in good company. Brothers and sisters, this is the next hurdle that he talks about. And he tells us that you won't be able to move forward until you're able to take out of your heart a love for people that don't want your betterment to move you forward. What does that mean? Does it mean that my brothers and sisters in this deen, I need to distance myself? Quite the contrary. He said, they are the ones you need in this journey. But what you don't need and who you don't need to care about are the people that don't want to help you progress on this journey. The examples have been given to us and we'll conclude. Asya, the wife of Pharaoh, she was on a journey, but her heart had to be distant from her husband. Noah was on the journey, and Allah literally had to tell Noah, he was close to you, but he wasn't on the journey with you. Lut, his wife as well, and the Prophet wasallam, he was given the most difficult one. Why was it difficult? Because Abu Talib knew, recognized, supported, but couldn't make the change. But through that, we learn this example of distancing our heart from those who don't want to aid us on this journey. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us to put the love of Allah before everyone else's love. May Allah make us realize that the people that we truly want to be with and close to are those that love us for the sake of God. Listen, we began today's halakha with a dua. Allahumma inni as'aluka hubbak. We ask for your love, the love of the actions you love, and the love of those people you love. We want to love the good people. We don't want to love those who are going to pull us away from God. And so Imam Ghazali says, spend time by yourself, know yourself, and spend time with good people. And then you have passed the next hurdle. May Allah accept from us all. Jazakumullah khair. Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdik. Nashhadu an la ilaha illa anta. Nastaghfir wa atubu ilayk. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.